It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dak and Deshaun thing, it's funny that you guys quickly dismissed it. Yeah, yeah. They're making almost the same money, though, Jim. I know they are. I would That's not. why very I, similar I, money. I, yeah, very, I, very, very this, similar. This is why I would not do I mean, the, the Watson's is guaranteed. I don't see Dak Prescott. The, the Cowboys wisely have outs in their contract. I don't see Dak Prescott with the mentality to get me where I need to go. It's that, just funny that we said that because here's a guy in Dak that, you know. He's had far more success. Way more success. I mean, you can argue that. It, it, better too. Certainly better, better players better, around better him. Better too. But. I don't know. I, you guys quickly dismissed it out of hand. Chris said that he would still stick with Deshaun. My concern is so high that we never see that same Deshaun yeah, Watson. Yeah. That you have, you have, I'll take the, you the have, devil I know versus the devil you, I don't. You got a legitimate concern. Now, I was just thinking about something when, when Chris was talking about it. Would Baltimore swap quarterbacks for Dallas? What's that? Would they swap? You know how you can do, you can sign a person and then say we get the money close to. Would you swap? That was my question. Would yeah. you know with the with the with the Ravens swap with the Cowboys? Oh, with the Ravens. I don't know. I mean, he's not signed, so you'd have to sign it's him. It's like a sign and trade. Like, yeah, you, it's like you that. Know, it's like I, that. I mean, would you would you do that? Because see myself, I don't know. In I, don't, I, I, I don't know if I could go back with Lamar in Baltimore. The message that went down in the playoffs. I think he's damaged it, the locker room. Has, I has, do too. Has, I think there's, there's bridges yes. that are on fire. And right. I talked to people with the Browns with Baker and said that the locker room has been damaged. How do you come back from that? Yeah. The locker room is broken. Because they, they, the guys, anyone, the guys who was lining up with, we expected him to show. That's right. And he yeah. was like, I'm not showing. Yeah. So he like, screw you. I I'm not coming. It's funny how, how all you... the guys other where, uh, in other places in the league understood it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I mentioned last week the RG3 tweet mm-hmm. where he said, this is what happens when you play with the damaged uh, yeah. MCL. Yeah, yeah. I know. It mm-hmm. ended my career. Here's the picture from it. Mm-hmm. Pretty gruesome. Mm-hmm. But you didn't, you didn't hear a lot of his teammates coming out and saying, hey, no. we get it, man. Nope. We get it. Right. And they that's were, interesting. They, and I think there is expect, damage. They expect for him to show. So I, that's why I go back to it. I said would you swap your Cowboys? Would you swap Dak Prescott for Lamar? I think probably from the Ravens' perspective, there's a lot of frustration over this over this contract situation, and so maybe they'd be open to it because. You Boy, know what you, could you imagine uh, Lamar in Dallas? The the media would break. <laughs> it, it would break. Every every network would melt down. Yeah. And you know what? Jerry would pay him whatever he wants. Yeah, because Jerry, he's, a, Jerry would he's the kind the of player that Jerry would say at the news conference, this fella should have had a star on his helmet from jump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. Could, you could almost hear it. Yeah. It Do would you be think Dak could win a championship in Dallas, though, or is that ship completely sold? I think the, the, the mean, change of scenery could benefit both. I think Dak's days in Dallas are done. They're done, right? If I heard the tempo last night, it was like this. We're sick of this. Well, you know what was really – if you had forgotten how sickening their loss was last year, mm-hmm. you were reminded of it this weekend yeah. when they kept showing the exact same thing happened. 
Last year, it was a terrible mental mistake. Dak decided to run the ball in the middle of the oh, field yeah, yes, yes. To, get, to get it close, and they never got the snap off. And it's almost like Groundhog Day when Bill Murray hit the alarm clock. Here you are, fast forward through you know 364 days and a whole season. You're, you're back here again. You've got it in your hands. You, you have a chance to make it right, and you don't. And that's frustrating. We saw the Cowboy fan who's buying a new television this morning. <laughs> you know, I imagine there were a lot of TVs that were broken in the Dallas-Fort Worth area while that game was playing out. You know, how, is, is last night's outcome different if Pollard doesn't get hurt? That was a huge blow. That was a big blow. We haven't even talked about it. It was 6-6 six, six when he went out. Yeah. yeah they, they were yeah. driving. After yeah. that, no, they averaged like three and a half yards per Very play. fair question. And what it struck home, Bull has been saying this for a very long time, I don't have the number in front of me because it's on our text tweet. It was about 10,000 tweets ago. <laughs> but Bull had texted that on his last 40 carries before this game. I got it. Hold on. It's Zeke had 74 yards yeah. rushing, if my memory is right. It's even better now. Give me one sec. So it was 40 rushes, right. 74 yards. And so this is an apple and apple comparison because you've got a guy in there that's also getting a lot of Zeke, work. Zeke's, and Pollard's running crazy over people. Zeke's not coming back to Dallas. Right? Part of that also is they use Zeke in short yardage. They do. He's situations. the short yardage back now. So when you're at the two and you're you not get going the ball, for breaking plays, you're not you're getting going for six, one yard. seven yards. So no. I think that's a little misleading. It is. But at the same time, Pollard's the better back. I think it's pretty evident. And, and here's the back. issue. Pollard's clearly the better back. The Cowboys signed Zeke to a long term extension. They did. If they cut him this offseason Cost him how if much? $12 million oh, in dead cap space. It's so punitive. He's making 18. Dak's under contract for four more years at $40 million per. And over his last six games, Zeke averaged 2.6 yards per carry. 82 yards, 82 carries, excuse me, 213 yards. It's over the that's, final six games of the season. Mikey, that's, 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 Mikey, that's why I said Dak is a perfect swap for Lamar, right? That can unload that forty million dollars because you're going to pay Lamar some crazy sum of money, right? There's your there's your swap. Zeke Elliott, they're not bringing Zeke Elliott back to Dallas. This is not right. They're going to figure a way out of it, right? Because he, his production is not there. Jay, though, how much does it change things in Baltimore? That and I, I, Chris talked on it. Dax, much more hesitant to run, post injury, yeah. than he was pre injury. Mm -hmm. And let's face it. It's the mix of those skills that make Dak Dak. Yes. And it's the mix of those skills that make Lamar Lamar. Yeah. And when one of those erodes, or you're not going to use it for fear of injury, you put a whole lot of pressure on the other on the one. Other. And we've we've yeah. seen that, you know. But it's, conversely, Dak's a better downfield passer than He Lamar's. is a better downfield, but no question about that. So that it sort of balances it sort of balances out a little bit. It's a fascinating. I mean, I didn't even think of it until you mentioned it. It's a fascinating debate. As Jason, you know this. Sometimes I don't care. Sometimes you just have to go. Yeah, you, you it's need not to change it's, the scene. It's not working here for you. But for sometimes reason. you hit the reset button, and next year well, you come out and you're seven eleven, and then you got a fan base. They, seven and ten, you got a fan base saying, "Why the hell did you blow it up?" They tried to reset with Dak a number of times in Dallas. Right. Yeah. Yesterday was the last time. Hmm. Right. So I have to think that. They're thinking, how can I do it? It's just like us. We cannot stay at the bottom. The Browns cannot stay at the bottom of the division. You have to make moves now, right? You can't deny them. You can't squint your eyes and say this is working. This is not working, right? This, that's why I keep going back to, and Kevin might be the nicest guy. I like, I need an OC here 
that I have confidence in. I don't have confidence in him. Now he may coach up inferior players, right? I haven't seen him coach up. What's ironic about that is the last head coach we had that had any real playoff success here was Marty Schottenheimer. Mm -hmm. Marty's tenure here ended because he refused to hire an offensive coordinator. He refused to give up play calling. Our laid down the law. You're going to hire somebody that's going to handle that. And Marty said, no, I'm not. And Marty was gone. Mm -hmm. And now and they never found one as good. And they we never found a head coach as good. We haven't. I mean, Belichick was he was here for a span, yeah. but never had that kind of success. Right, right. Went on to have great success. Right. But it, it is interesting that in the annals of Brown's history, the last time we had a real live NFL head coach that, that put fear into the other team, his tenure here ended over play calling. Play calling. I just, there's so many different ways to do it. There's no one way that is the way. Teams have success a multitude of different ways. And how they, I said it before, when I was covering Ohio State, Trussell stood 35 yards away from the play with his back to the field looking at his play sheet when he was the head coach. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever said a word. Nobody ever said a well, word. Well, they were winning. Yeah. Winning hides warts. <laughs> it does. Always. And, and losing Exposes them. Puts a spotlight on every <laughs> word you have. Yeah. What, we, what we've seen, and it's so funny because when Chris said this, I thought, you know what? And I know every team can play the what-if game. Right. But literally, you change the outcome of three yeah. plays. Three. And the Browns are 10-7. and seven. Three plays. Fall on the onside kick. Fall on the onside kick. Or don't miss Injoku. the extra. There's about six plays in the Jets game, but go ahead. Yeah, no, but I, I'm just going to give yeah, you three. Right, just right, just right, three. Right. Yeah. Okay. Injoku drops a touchdown pass yep. against the Saints yep. that, that wins that game. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now you're at nine yep. and eight, which, by the way, was the cutoff. Right. And I'll guarantee you, off the top of my head, just thinking in all of the other losses, there has to be one play in all of those the games. The pick in the end zone against the The pick Chargers. in the end zone. Yep. That's it. That's it. That's three. And then and now you're 10 well, and seven. Missing the field goal against the Chargers. Yeah, but you also made a field goal against the, you know, a long field goal against the Panthers. Well, so, I'm, I'm just saying, pick. You said pick certain plays. Yeah, right. right. Play right. I mean, and pick, I know every team can do this. The, every team right. can do the one play. The pass interference right. on Amari against the Ravens. That's a terrible call. Terrible call. I thought it was a terrible call. So I mean, call. that's why when when you try to figure out how much space is between the Bengals and the Browns, we were seven and ten. We're four plays from being eleven and six, and. We match up well against the Bengals. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I don't. You know what? I think that for divisional games, we've held our own the last three years. Part of it is the Browns know the Bengals so well. Well, they know us so well. Right, but I'm saying like all these teams, the, the Bengals are dominating everyone else in football. Well, they don't see them as often as so the Browns just know the tendencies. I think a little bit more. Well, the Chiefs have played the would, Bengals, the, or than the Bills would. When the Chiefs play Cincinnati on Sunday, they're going to have played them the same number of times that the Browns have over the last two years. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is that right? 
Well, they played them twice last year. They beat them this yeah, year. Yeah, that's interesting. So there'll be four. They'll, yeah. they'll have four games. If so the Bengals go well. to the Super Bowl, the Chiefs against the Bengals are going to be 0 and 4, and the Browns against the Bengals are going to be 3 and 1. Like I don't know what it is. I don't know if Kevin has uber focus in these divisional games, which are so critical to a team's success. But if you go three and three against a division that collectively won 38 games, that means that on average, these teams won nine and a half games. You're going three and three against your division. Mm -hmm. Why the hell can't you go 500 or better against the rest of the league, which isn't as good as Pittsburgh, Cincinnati and Baltimore. It's a focus. It's, it's just we're so close. It's frustrating. It's maddening but how it, close this team is. David, it doesn't feel close. No, because it's two years in a row of underperforming and it's culture. And I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago with a guy who's played in the NFL. Now he works in the media. And he said, and I had made the point that why is it that the Browns always seem to lose those games? He says, well, the answer is right in front of you because they always lose those games. Yeah. Why is it that Tom Brady always wins those games. In those close and late games, you're pre-programmed to do the things that get you over the hump. And mm-hmm. the Browns' culture is, we don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen. Gotta, they got to figure out a way to kick, to kick down the door. And I thought we did when we I made the so playoffs. I thought, I thought so okay, too. now the boat is turning away from the iceberg. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now it's like we're headed right back to the iceberg and we're real and close to it. I think I mentioned it. it before, when the Jets, the debacle against the Jets. Clowney went off in the locker room and said, a bunch of losers, nobody knows how to win. The culture sucks. It wasn't wrong, but that's not helpful in the moment. You know, he is one of those veteran leaders who should be more helpful and assertive and help set the right culture. But that's that's just the feeling in the locker room. Well, if there's a way to lose, they will find it. And, that pro- and that's what you have to that, that was the That was the most devastating loss totally I can remember in my lifetime that wasn't a playoff game. Totally agree. It and, was the And they felt it internally, damaging. too. They well, felt yeah. that. The other than the Browns, the Browns are the recipient of that because – that permeates around the league. Players not coming around here where the culture is not right, and they say the Browns. Uh, you go down there. Well, Watson did. Well, he did for he did for what reason? For the money. That's right. Well, well, it's gonna serve up everybody. Can't. They don't have enough now. Can't, can't do it. They don't have enough to go around now. Can the Chiefs win if Mahomes isn't healthy? It's gonna be real it's tough. Eighty percent. I don't think so. Uh, can, yeah, if he's out on the field, they can win. If he doesn't play, no, they're not gonna win. I think. I think he needs to be. His best, because I think they're getting the best team in the AFC. I'll tell you what. Right now Cincinnati is. The Mahomes that we saw in the second half couldn't move. No. If that's the Everything version, was two steps and throw. Yeah. Two steps and throw. There was, there, I saw plays where he, there was opportunity off, to just step off, up. He throwing off yep. one leg. Couldn't move. So, if that's the Mahomes that And this Cincinnati Saturday, defense is better than Buffalo's defense. Yeah, especially across the front four. So, I've got a real concern. If I, I think Cincinnati should be favored by a touchdown. I don't know. What's, what's the line? Chiefs are favored by one and a half. Last one and a half. Ooh, ooh, load up on that. Well, so you got a high. You have a high ankle <laughs> sprain. You got a high ankle sprain <laughs> here, you know. And so they said. I think the word on the street was that he's feeling much better today, right? Well, like, oh, you know, I like, but I said, okay, a high ankle sprain. What are you going to do? Right? You're not, you're, they're not going to say, "Boy, we're screwed." He right. woke up today and he, he sucks. He didn't feel good. Look at this video. This is so good. Yep. they're changing the report card on the homes that is so good yep (laughs) that's my favorite date (laughs) oh god you know i i thought it was 
pretty interesting that the Chiefs medical staff took a stand and said, absolutely no. not. Yeah, and I, I, I give Andy Reid kudos. He yes. Like, no, uh-uh. It's, You're not going back in. The go, medical go staff on. and Reid and everybody go involved in that decision made the right decision where we've seen, oh, we've seen the, other the Miami way. Dolphins this year sticking Tua back out onto the field when he had no business being on that field. Mm -hmm. And what ultimately happened, it, it cost Miami their season. Mm -hmm. Because had they left Tua out a week or two to fully recover and not suffer that second concussion, which was devastating, right. and we saw the effects of that, maybe at the end of the year, he's able to play. And by the way, the coaching job of the postseason, even though it was in one game and in a defeat, may have been McDaniel in that loss. Because the, I, I, I still don't know how they kept that game as close as they did. Yeah, yeah. With a third-string quarterback, they had no business being in that game. Yeah. And to, there they were. The Bills helped. Josh Allen was sloppy with the ball. Now, what in are they saying game. in Buffalo this morning? Uh, scratching their head. Because <laughs> if, they're, if, they're, if they're thinking about not that they're going to blow up what's going on in Buffalo, and they had the misfortune of they went out and said, what, what piece is missing from this puzzle? Well, Von Miller. They got him, yeah. and he got hurt. Von Miller makes a difference in that game yesterday. I'm not saying that he makes such a difference that they win, mm -hmm. but it changes the entire complexion of that game because they're able to get pressure where they were otherwise unable to do it. There's disappointment in Buffalo. Certainly, I, I thought they were in the Super Bowl. I thought this was their year. And now another year goes by where they don't even get there. So just like, I do think there's going to be questions about the Chiefs. If they lose this game and they don't yeah. get back, I think there's going to be questions about underperformance and not meeting expectations. There absolutely will be. And certainly, I, I, I said, is Mahomes overrated? I shouldn't have said that. No, at no point is Patrick Mahomes is overrated. The, is the Reed-Mahomes combination the right one moving forward? Is the question that I think some will start to ask. I, I don't, but I, guys. I think overrated is the wrong word. I think underperformed is what Jason was looking for. Here's the problem, and this is what we fail to even grasp here, which is why I'm so concerned that this isn't going to end in a Super Bowl for the Browns. This AFC is as stiff yeah. a competition yeah. in mm -hmm. one conference as I can ever remember yeah. in my lifetime. And I watched Manning and Brady operate yeah. in the same conference with Ben Roethlisberger for years. Yep. If Ben Roethlisberger had been in another time, how many Super Bowl rings does he get? He's got to compete with Manning and Brady every single mm -hmm. year. Yeah. I think what's in the AFC right now, quarterback-wise, is better than what we had for the 15-year stretch or whatever it was, 12-year stretch, where we had Manning, Brady, and Roethlisberger in the AFC. It's deeper now. I would take those three against any top three of any era. But I think it just runs deeper now. Because in Manning and Brady, you probably have two of the all-time all greats ever, ever, all ever. And, and Roethlisberger's a Hall of Famer. But, too. you know, Mahomes' trajectory, God, we don't know what it is. Right. I mean, when we watch him, he looks – he does things that no one else has ever done. He looks elite. These no-look <laughs> passes, these yeah. jump passes, yeah. these run up to the line of scrimmage, get the defense to collapse, and then, you know, it's, it's incredible what this guy can do. What's missing in Kansas City? A defense. I think it. I think that's it too. They spent so much capital a on bit the more offense. Of a running game in the defense. Yeah, but you know what? I like that. Is it Pacheco? Pacheco. God dang, I like his style. Yeah, seven he rounds. Showed, seven rounds out of Rutgers. I know he is, <laughs> and he showed a, a top gear in that run down the sideline. He showed a top gear that, and they said he ran four two nine at the combine. Like, I think it's more the defense that's missing. I think the run game's pretty good. How about McKinnon on the blocking? 
as a small oh, guy, yeah. picking up the picking up the linebacker yeah. coming in, undersized I mean, and, and just blowing guys up that are forty like, pounds heavier. But to get back to what you were talking about, the depth of the quarterback play in the AFC, that's why Deshaun Watson is here because the Browns said the same thing. The Browns looked at the roster of the AFC quarterbacks and said. We have to get better, or we have no chance. I know, but let me get Had it not been that deep. They may have tried to roll with Baker. You know how in baseball at the trade deadline, oftentimes the Guardians are asking this question Is it winnable? Yeah. Right. Are we one player away? Right. If we are, let's make the move. Andrew Miller trade. Andrew Miller. Other years, they've inexplicably stood silent. Last year was an example. I think they probably were looking at the Yankees, who were in a dive at that point, but not what they eventually hit in August. Yeah. I think they were looking at Houston and the Yankees and saying, we're outplaying ourselves. We're not a player away. Why would we make that all in desperation move when in all likelihood it ain't going to happen this year. And as close as they came to making it to the ALCS, let's face it, Houston would have destroyed the guardians. So I, I wonder on one hand, yes, we got to do something. Everybody around us has these generational quarterbacks. But was this the move to make at this time? Here's why they think yes. When they were interviewing head coaching candidates, when Kevin got the job, they were telling the candidates we're 90% of the way there. They felt like they were 90% of the way there. They had everything else in place. Now, obviously, they were not 90% of the way there. They've already fired the D.C. They already changed quarterbacks but they felt like they had almost everything in place. They needed the right coach to tie it. So all they down. thought he was the missing link. They thought Kevin was the missing link. And you know what? And uh, clearly under, then under, they changed their mind and, and got rid of Baker Jay, and, and went to Deshaun under normal circumstances. I, I would have been okay with that. And here would be normal circumstances. Deshaun didn't have 24 women accusing him right. of what they accused him of. Right. He hadn't been out of football for a year, what ended up being almost two years. If he was coming off that MVP caliber season the year before, and there were no issues, no baggage, no court cases, I think then that move would have made perfect sense. But because of all the extraneous stuff, I, I just think it gives you more reason to pause and to look back now and say, what have we done? So then, so then, what's your move? Where do you go? Because if they, they came to the conclusion, Baker is not in this class of Mahomes, Josh Allen. We have to get better at that spot. If it's not him, I don't know what the other move is. And was. I don't either. Neither do I. And that's why, and that's but, why, they, but did, that's make, why they did what they did. But, but, and without all those accusations, I'm not sure he's here. He's probably elsewhere. Another probably team, is, because somebody else would have paid him. Somewhere else. But to make a move... Just because you have to make a move is the wrong reason to do it. But they feel like they're all in. Nick Chubb's in the prime. Miles Garrett's. They have three Hall of Famers on this roster, I think. That's Guys why it's a damn shame they've played in two playoff games. Nick Chubb's going to the Hall of Fame at his trajectory. He's got, he has to do more. Miles Garrett's going to the Hall of Fame at his trajectory. Joe Tony's going to the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Famer. You got three Hall of Famers on this, and you have one playoff win. And that's the urgency. We have to do this right now. We have to fix but the you know quarterback what? spot right now. All of those and guys are only, aging out. And the only option that was available to them was damaged. And, but but he was the best of what was available to them. It goes to Had show they not with, done that, with, I don't know what with, else they would do. plays a huge part in this, too. When, you know, all the years that the Browns had the number one overall pick, a guy like Joe Burrow wasn't sitting there. The one year the Bengals get it, there's Joe Burrow, yeah. fresh for the taking, yeah. an Ohio kid. It's just like, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to be lucky. What you got, Mikey? 
We talked about three of the four playoff games. The other one happened Saturday night. It was fun. Haha. You know, you for 15% <laughs> off on Locked On codes. You get built bars for 15% off if you use code Locked On15 at built.com. 15% off. Listen, the Browns eat them, the Bengals eat them, the Steelers eat them. All 32 NFL teams eat built bars. It's in their nutrition routine. You want to be yoked like a football player? You start eating built bars. It's that simple. For $1.99 a month, by the way, you can be part of our membership tier as a starter. You get all the custom emojis. We just added Happy Jason to the mix. The next one's going to be Angry Bull. You get the loyalty badges for $4.99 a month. That's less than 5 bucks. It's less than 60 bucks a year. You get the overtime video. We're talking about Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow today in overtime, whether or not there were certain amounts of money. You get all the other same perks as a starter, plus discount codes for merch from the Cleveland Clothing Company and more. And in a few minutes, we're going to talk Cavs, but by the end of the show, we officially do have a link to the comedy special on February 8th, which we will be performing at Pickwick and Frolic. We're going to drop that in the chat for you guys now. We'll also blast it out on social media. <laughs> We're going to talk about that coming up, but we got to do Cavs first. These, that is the most recent emoji that we have unlocked. Bulls, the next emoji we unlock, and then we get someone else when we get to a certain platform. I'm not quite sure what that number is, but right. yeah, that other game's irrelevant. Let's just move on to the Cavs. Are you still Mobley. a Giants fan is the question. I mean, yeah, I'll always... You know, have some love for the Giants. Because that's the kind of beatdown that drives fans from teams. Now nah, we're fine. We're fine. Plus, Steve Becker wants to hear about us talk about the Eagles, but we don't really, you know, Steve, you're, you're whatever. You're not Steve, here. Steve, let me tell you something. Since you've become the head honcho at the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, your Phillies damn near, you know, your Phillies made some noise, okay? They, they made it to the World Series, and they made some noise when they got there. Now the Eagles are pushing to make it to a Super Bowl, it's UCSS has been very good for Steve Becker, who, by the way, just <laughs> texted us and said that the money is going in heavy on Cincinnati. Yeah. Heavy. It's already a pick'em. It's now a pick'em. It started one and a half Ooh. for the Chiefs. I got in on that last night. Helped make it a pick'em. I would have liked to have gotten <laughs> in on that one and a half. Um, and I will get more news as the week goes on as to, as to Mahomes' availability. Whether or not it's reliable, as we just showed you in that video, I don't know. But I'll say this. If he is the guy that he was in the second half, and yeah. you know how ankles can yeah. linger, yeah. they have zero chance. Yeah. Because they are built you know, on the you, fact that Mahomes is mobile and makes plays others be, can't. You have to be able to make moves. You can't make – he couldn't make moves. I mean, the problem was they couldn't get any heat on him. I know. I mean, he just – he's slinging the ball at the end. Yeah. Right? But he's got enough of playmakers on the other side. Kelsey now is the truth. Kelsey is the truth. I'll say. Cleveland Heights truth. I made the point during. I love watching. how he says Cleveland Heights. Yeah, all yeah I like that too. Like he'll say, "Well, I'm from Cincinnati." No, Cleveland, Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Heights. We had we had that Jaguars <laughs> Chiefs game on in the in the Cavs workroom, and I was talking to Chris Fedor, and I said the Jaguars are the Browns of a couple of years ago. That team that was trashed the year before, nobody thought anything of. Here they come with this big playoff run with a new coach that with nobody a young thought quarterback. possible with a young quarterback. Uh-huh. Here they are against the Chiefs. They win a playoff game. No one thinks they can win. Now they're playing the Chiefs. Now Mahomes is out and Henny's in. You think you're going to win this yeah. game? And then Henny kills you. Yeah. It's like the Browns same all over exact, again. Same exact Yeah, the Jaguars happened. were the Browns. Yeah. Do you think the Jags, re- is their success repeatable? I think they're going oh, to be yeah. a force I, in that I, in that South for a long Doug, time. Doug, 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 it does. Doug That's Peter, why they can dominate it. Yeah. Doug Peters has said his reclamation project of Lawrence was simply this. He said he had to rewrite what Urban Meyer had done to him, and yeah. he said his thing, his take on um, on uh, Lawrence was this: he's only at fifty percent capability of where he can go. Fifty. Fifty. Just think, he, if he's playing at fifty now, 
Doug Peterson's stock is way up, isn't it? I, I liked him I even did too. before this year. I liked Doug Peterson. I, I thought it was unfair that he had to pay the price for what happened in Philly. Right. Yeah. When you consider all the things that happened around him. Because yeah. they went from Super Bowl to down like this. Yeah. And it wasn't totally unexpected. I mean, when you just looked at the way the team was constructed no. and how they did it, you, you knew that some of these contracts were aging out. Some of these guys were going to be gone. It didn't work out. And the next thing you know, he's out. Jim Schwartz is out. And now Schwartz is the D.C. here. Peterson, to me, looks like an offensive genius that can mentally handle a, an otherwise fragile quarterback. I think there's some fragility to, to Trevor Lawrence. To Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. I, I, I'd be a little nervous moving forward with him. Just the juxtaposition of his first half and second half, yeah. mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm thinking his career can be. He can be boomer bust. Boomer bust. Yeah. He, you just don't know which guy you're going to get. But I think with Doug Peterson pushing the buttons behind the scene, He's in a great spot. Peterson or Stefanski right now to lead the Browns. Who would you take? Oh, Peterson. Well, no doubt. I would. Yeah, yep, no doubt. Peterson, no doubt. But speaking of, speaking of Peterson, let's talk about what about these Cavs this past weekend? The Cavs this weekend reminded me of Trevor Lawrence a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> they lose to the JV Warriors. Yep. I was, I got to tell you, I'm so glad I didn't bet. I was going to bet. Healthy four figures. Healthy. Healthy four figures <laughs> that the Cavs win. They Golden State sat everybody. Uh, everybody but you know what? In retrospect, what a stroke of genius by Steve Kerr. They go overtime in a tough loss to Boston. Yeah, mm-hmm. They get in at 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. Well, yeah, the smart play is to rest all the guys that did all that heavy lifting and let fresh legs who want to show what they can do, right. get a chance against a team playing without its superstar. Win. Frustrating weekend. Uh, they did come back and beat Milwaukee, Milwaukee without mm-hmm. Giannis. Giannis. Mobley played great. Uh, I look at more as like a three-game stretch. Memphis, Golden State, and Milwaukee. Those are three playoff teams, playoff-tested teams. Really good teams, and you're playing without Donovan. So what, what, what can we see? We talked when I was in last week. Ran through the play. I thought it was a terrible screen by Karras at the end of the game there. Yeah. Didn't like they you have a timeout left. You should have taken the timeout. Take a, I didn't like Okoro being the inbounder in that situation. But at the same time, these are young guys. And so you're trying to figure out what they have. You give them that experience. This is not April. It's not a playoff series. I would hope if you're in that spot in a playoff series, Kevin Love is your inbounder at that spate. He's a veteran. He understands the internal clock. So, okay, then you go on to Golden State. Absolute trash. The whole night was trash. Awful. And that, they showed their immaturity to me. It's a young team, immature team. They're looking across the side, seeing no Steph, no Clay, no Draymond, no Andrew Wiggins. We got this. And they got their asses kicked. They got smoked. That it was, was embarrassing. embarrassing. Yeah, it was. Worst loss of the season? I think so. Absolutely. I thought so, yeah. too. Yeah. So, so let, me, let me say, too. And you know what? Real quick, I also feel bad for the fans because I saw what those prices were. Yeah, so was I. On, yeah. on the secondary market, those tickets were not cheap that people were buying, and then and then they got that, the that's the, first, that's the they first. Haven't, the Cavs haven't the, beaten Golden State since 2017. Well, 16. 16. No, I thought they won a game in 17. I saw they were 0-12 the last 12 regular season games. 17 in the – Cavs made the NBA Finals in 17, yeah, right? Yeah. They may never beat them again, but they came back from 3-1. They got no, I know, I know. But, like, they, they, they beat the Warriors once in the 2017 Finals. Yes. I'm looking into it. So let, no, no, no they did. So, so let me say that. So it's, when you talk about Mobley, Mobley's up and coming. But what I'm, what I'm, what I'm cautious of is this. Mobley's not magic, right? 
Mobley, just do what you do. You're a guy that can play from the foul line in. You play big around the basket, and I want you to score. I don't need Mobley bringing the ball up. I don't need him going between his legs. I don't need that, right? This is not who you are, right? right. Your, your bread and butter is this. And just be good at your bread and butter, right? There are certain things that when you see a 7-footer, 6'11", bringing the ball up, because I was one of them, right? That's because I started out as a guard, right? So I had that in my pocket. It's obvious he didn't have it in his pocket, right? And so it's not something at this league that you can learn at a high level, right? But when he plays like he played against Milwaukee, that's what you need. I don't need you doing a multitude of things. I just need you doing a few things really, really well. The other thing I noticed in this thing was that for, for JB, first of all, we never inbound him with a 6'5", 6'7", guy. We're just not. You know, tall guys take the ball in bounds. Why? Because they put tall guys on a guy out of bounds. So, right, you, can, they can get so, it you, in easy. so you can freaking see. That's the reason, right? The third thing is, is is this. If you did not learn anything from the Memphis game, you learn this. If Donovan Mitchell is out, the rest of the league fears nothing on the Cavaliers except for Darius Garland. You see, when they, they locked up him at the and end. Garland couldn't get a look. He couldn't, couldn't get a look. He had a clean three in the last minute. He had a good look at a three. The problem out. is... He's little, right? Right. He's yes. little, so he put a bigger guy on him just to try to dissuade you from getting your look on, right? Sure. And it wasn't just a, a bigger guy, a bigger, stronger guy, yeah. right? So you have to have somebody on the other side just to make you a threat. That, so when I say Carmelo Anthony, it's a reason why I say Carmelo Anthony because you don't think they, you don't think Mobley can be that guy. They're not looking at Mobley like that. They're not looking at Karis LeVert like that. When I'm going down the stretch, they're not worried about Mobley making a game winner. They're not worried about Karis LeVert making a game winner. Will Mobley ever be that guy? Because he's going to have to become that guy if he they're going to reach no, their potential. Just be good at what you do, right? I have other guys that do these things. They're, they're, when you're a go-to guy in this league, is the reason why you're a go-to, right? And, and he'll then, never be that. I, I don't say, Oh, I think he, he will. No, he I, ne- I do too. He's he never going to be what, what he Donald Mitchell is. He might not be the, the, the first option, right. but it's I'm all not, about I'm, having two and three options. Here. So in the interim period, I'm not going to say what you can be. I'm going to tell you what my eyes see. Right, right, right I now. He's not that guy. I don't see that right, right, okay. right now. Now, I don't know what, what even with be 30. Pro- he had 38 points Thir- and didn't have he didn't have no free, free throw. no free throw. No threes. The yeah. first player since Hakeem in 97 to do that yeah. fourth in history. No four kidding. guys in history but J- have had 38, but at least Jason, 38. Jason, it's Hakeem, Alex English, George Gervin and Evan. Jason, okay, that's good. How, company. Jason, yeah. how did he do it? He, he with, did it around the basket. He did it with a bread and butter sure. of a repertoire of things. Yes. Just bread and butter. Nothing else. So, they, they obviously, they want him to shoot more threes, become more of a three-point threat. It hasn't developed this year like <laughs> But here's the thing. You had to be a three-point shooter. I actually just they wrote to this. to be Kevin Durant. I actually just posted this this morning on The Athletic, this whole thing on Evan Mobley. Donovan Mitchell's arrival has stunted his growth. It has. No there's, question. It's indisputable. And that was driven home again it's, Saturday night. It's indisputable. But there's there's also nuance to this. Number one, it doesn't matter anymore. Because as soon as you got Donovan Mitchell, you you started playing to win the game. And it's not about developing anymore. And a lot of times, when you get a young piece like Evan, it's the first piece that arrives. Okay? So it's the first piece of the, of the rebuild. And so... The, it, it's rare for the best piece to come last. Darius was here first. Jared Allen was here first. To me, I think Evan Mobley is number one on the championship team. I think he can be that guy. It's hard in a ball-dominant, guard-driven league now, but I think he has the talent and skill set to be a number one. But he came last, so he isn't as developed as a second-year, third-year guy. But it's also a good thing because his contract clock 
isn't ticking already. That's a lot true. of times when you're the first guy here, your team isn't good until year three or four or five, and now you're already up against it contract-wise. Yeah. So the benefit is he was here last, so he's youngest. The downside is as soon as Donovan – it's not really a downside, but when Donovan came, they flipped the switch to trying to win right now. It's no longer about Evan Mobley's development. He's going to grow at a slower rate. I still think he'll get there. He's not going to get there as fast as if this year was all about – trying to make Evan better. That's out the well, window. Let, You're just trying to win. Let yeah, me, if Mitchell wasn't here, that would be the objective. Let, 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 let yeah. me inject this into you, right? So, first of all, anytime you inject a, a, a superior player in there, it's going to stun everybody's growth, right? Jordan sure. in Chicago stunned everybody's growth. It, it's up to the coach to put players in position now to allow, because you got to do both. You can have a dominant player, and you can still develop people at the That's same time. That's a great point, there, right? there, There's a trick to it. Why, trick why is, don't uh, they, on certain nights, just say, Everything's running through Mobley tonight. But, but the other thing is, I'll get to that. You have, you have okay. to, here, this is why this is, you have to have a bag of tricks, right? The, uh, I mean, Mobley, Mobley does not, his bag of tricks is not expanded. It's not, he has a basic bag of tricks. He's good at those tricks. Sure. But it's not expanded. He doesn't have Durant well, bag 20. of tricks. He doesn't, t- but see, but Durant had a bigger bag of tricks at 20. You follow what I'm saying to well, you? Well, it's unfair to well, measure him what, against but, but see, they keep talking about him like you shoot three. Well, they're talking the about him like up. this is what uh-huh. he can become if he can become a three-point Look, shooter. First of all, you, you can bring the ball up if you can dribble, well, right? Let me ask you you this, can Brad, shoot threes if I, you're a shooter. As I'm watching him do this against a Giannis, you know, obviously Giannis is watching the game too. Yeah. He's not going to have 38 and nine against Milwaukee if Giannis is in there. But what, what was the question I was asking myself as I'm watching him go for 38 points is, Gosh, if he can do that on a night, there, see, it's okay. He did that because there was no Mitchell. But now imagine if Mitchell was on the floor, and the defense, uh, the attention that the defense is going to have to pay Mitchell. Yeah. It seems to me like they would waste a couple of nights a year and say tonight we're running things through. When he can, Mobley. when he can play like he played against Milwaukee, the Cavs are going to be phenomenal. Let me tell you. Mikhail didn't have a whole lot of bag of tricks early, even late. Yeah, even late. Even you're late. Right. But he had teammates but, that could pick but up. But the stuff Mikhail had was source. I mean, scorch you every night. Yeah, and were, that's what we have to get to with Mobley. So Milwaukee defended him a little bit differently. They didn't really collapse the defense. They didn't really double right. him. A lot of teams double him when he gets the ball in the post and he just makes the pass. Mobley, you don't see teams. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, here's what I I think would help him. I've talked to Kevin Love about this multiple times. Run the first play of the game for the big. Get him involved early. Yeah, Brad, you've said many times they they used to run a play for him, and they did it for Kevin. Ty and David Blatt both told Kyrie, Kevin goes first. Get him going. Kevin and LeBron go first. You go last as the point guard. Get him going. Get him involved early. Let him get his touches early. It changes the entire complexion of the game. He has success. They in the '80s they ran through Brad Doherty. Brad got going early. Give him touches early. And Kevin would have 14 points at the end of the first quarter. Now, he may get six touches the rest of the night, right. but he's activated early. He's involved early. There's no reason you can't run the first play of the game for That's Evan true. every time down. Just That's get true. him in. It doesn't matter if they know it's the other Because the other two can get their shots. Yeah. It's not a problem. Just and they're going to get plenty throughout the course of the game. Not a problem. Get the big involved early. Give him his touches early. Do, do you see them making a concerted no. effort? To, I don't either. Mm-mm. No. And they that's haven't. why I'm asking the question, why don't they? Even I know you're saying to make that a point to get him involved early. A 38 and nine game will do wonders for your confidence. Mm-hmm. We we had last week we said over under that he uh, 
you know, we did a fence rider question. Will he average 15 points a game? What's his average now? 15.1. Yeah. Okay, one big night. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you, and, and, and that's the kind of thing that we know he can do. What I would like to do okay. is pick the random game. You're playing the Suns. I don't care, but just pick a team. Tonight, we're going to go through Mobley, and we're going to see what we can do on a night where we decide to get him involved see, early. I- Middle and late, and see what what he can become. See, I don't feel that needs to be random. I think there needs to be, needs to be a commitment. The problem here, Jay, is this: you can get drunk off what Mitchell and, and Garland do for you. You're well, like, it is intoxicating. Yes, you can. Because either like, one of them can torch <laughs> anybody. You JB get drunk on it real quick. JB said yeah. after the game the other night, they sort of look at Donovan as a crutch. He's, right. he's just going to bail him out. He's always there. Yeah, he's yeah. always going to bail him out. And that's fine. But I, I would, I think. But this it, question of stunting a player's you growth, can stunt people I don't just think like it that. has to be that way. I think, you know, there are enough teams on this schedule that you can look at and say, the Cavs are going to win this game tonight. It's very rare for a player in his second year to be on a team trying to win a championship. Right. I would argue the Cavs are trying to win a champ. I don't think they're going to win a cha- title this year. No. But they're, they're, in they're in a mix. Window. They're in a mix. And it's rare to have a player drafted third overall who has a ceiling as high as this to be in this position. Dwayne, I think, was in Miami. Like, they were right away. They had Shaq, yeah. and they were, they were ready to win right away. But it's rare. I, I mentioned De'Aaron Fox is in his sixth year. He hasn't even been to the playoffs yet in Sacramento. Uh, Carmelo was out first round like four years in a row what, in what's, Denver. What's yeah. the difference with the people you're talking about, though? They're all go-to people. They're people that have put the ball in their hand and can make plays, right? They can They can create for themselves. They don't need anyone else to do it. The right? upside here, though, is also intoxicating. You said what what Garland and Mitchell can do is intoxicating. It absolutely is. But when I look at what the possible upside is of a guy like Mobley, that's more intoxicating this to is, me. This is where the because he's the missing piece. This is where the 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 because it takes the coaching staff to try to harness the rest. Because the guys like uh, Mitchell and Garland, they're used to playing like that. They want to do that, right? Sure. That's what they want to do, right? So but I think if you ask them, they'd I'm, both love to have a big like Mobley I'm that asking, can do everything they need I'm asking you to, to tone do. it down a bit and bring him with you, right? He can't be a third or fourth option. You're like, no, nah, we got to get you going. And, uh, I, and we don't, it's, it's we don't, also on him we don't, to be more demonstrative, yeah, to be yeah. more aggressive, to be more vocal. Darius said after the Bucks game, I want him to be mad. If he doesn't get 15 shots, be mad. And I want to see more of that. Who said that? Darius said that about Evan. He wants really? him to be. Yeah. He wants him to be more vocal and, and be, get mad. If you is don't that get in his? Shots, is that in his makeup? I don't think we've seen it yet. I think he's very <laughs> passive. So. He's very quiet. But right. doesn't mean you can't be more aggressive on the floor. Right. And he needs like, you know, part of it. Part of it is probably the fact he wasn't getting calls. I'm sure he was fouled a few times to make night. He took I think 24 shots in the paint, one free throw. Part of that is I think the officials don't have the respect for him to give him those calls. Yes. Well, yes. at, Part of it is he's not going like this. Sure. He's going like this. Right. Like, be more aggressive going to the paint. He was 19 of 27, and 24 of those shots were in the paint. Two of them were threes, two from the free throw line. I looked at a shot chart yeah. this morning. It was around 23, about 23 shots from the paint, one free throw. How does that happen? It some, really some, is some of those traits. Some of those traits that you just talked about can be learned. But who is he learning from? There's nobody that plays his position on this team that he can soak that in from. Right. right. Let me ask you a question. How old were you when you came in the league? 22? 22. Okay. Um, compare yourself as a 22-year-old young rookie, just wide-eyed and, you know, to the player you were, mentality, skill set at 26. Let's give it four years. What kind of growth did you experience in those four years? The growth I understood was uh, what it took to become a pro how to play with 
dominant, very dominant players. So I came in as a very dominant player, right? Right. And I had to, to acquiesce. I had to acquiesce that. And it took me years to understand, like, why can't I be the guy at Ohio State guy? Yeah. Because we don't need the Ohio State guy. We need another guy, right? But and I, I had no appreciation for the skill set I had, right? Because I kept looking for the other guy, right? The guy that I left in Columbus. Right. And so that takes so a So it time. took you a while to realize that guy's never going to be. Not on this team. It's not going to be. Right, right. right? Yeah. No matter how much you, your memory well, banks the, tell the you. the two teams, I mean, Detroit and. Yeah. And they didn't need that. Chicago, the last thing they needed. They didn't need I mean, that. They had everything but you. They needed pieces and parts to right. do other things, right? So what I what I hope for Mobley is as he continues to grow that that somebody has to nurture that. They have to encourage it, right? And they have to so your point says, I need you to get I need that's what they used to call it. I need you to get greedy. It's okay. Phil Jackson used to call me in. <laughs> this was Doug was the head coach, right? Phil Jackson was the assistant coach. Phil called me in the locker room after practice. I mean, in the office after practice. He said, let me sit down with you. I want you to shoot every damn ball. I said, what? He said, I want you to shoot every damn ball. And you get it. I said, Phil, that's not my MO. I said, not on this team. That's not my MO. He said, I don't care. Shoot every damn ball. Why was he saying that? Because he wanted me, because you have to fight for space here. Because... Garland and, and Mitchell not give you any space. You got to fight for that space. You got to claim that space so they know that when the ball game comes, I better get him some touches here or it's going to be a price to pay here. Somebody going to get going off on the locker room here. And if you don't fight for that space, what happens is they will, the first thing the, the star players think, well, oh, he don't want that. Don't worry about him. He, he's not thinking about that. You see what I'm saying? So your mentality yeah. has to change here, but it has to be nurtured because I guarantee you, Mobley just out of college. He doesn't know. Right. He's just thinking everything is hunky dory here. Who is supposed <laughs> to teach him that? See, and that's where you need a real veteran that has been that dog type person. It's usually an older guy that's probably on his way out. Right. Could Carmelo be that <laughs> right. guy? Robin Lopez. Right. Yeah, okay. well, the guy. <laughs> you're, you're a funny guy. <laughs> he is funny. The guy who could. Great transition. <laughs> Real quick before you transition, Kevin Love probably isn't the vocal nasty that you're talking about, mm -hmm. but he's lived that life. He could teach him. And I that. think he is of, of like how to fight for oxygen when you're the third wheel in a three spoke well, wheel. Ironically enough, Kevin, his career went in a different way. Kevin was it in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, he was a point monger. He had points, rebounds. He did it all. You looked at his box scores. You're like, this guy's one of the best players in the league. Well, then he came to Cleveland, and his role was changed dramatically. Played two ball-dominant wins. Yes, and he figured out. So Kevin should be the guy that tutors him and tells him, this is what we need from you. This is what you have to See, become. Because right now he thinks greedy is bad. Greedy is not bad. Greedy helps this team because you're growing. You're going to grow at a faster clip than the clip that you're growing. He's going in incremental steps here. But we need more growth here. And the only way you get growth is you got to get out here and experiment on some things, right? Yeah. I want you to come out one day. I don't give a damn if you 0 for 20. I don't care. Shoot. Pull it. Yeah. Right. That sends a message to everybody. You better drop this ball in here to me. You see him on the post. You see how many times they look him off on the post? Yeah. Like, ah, I'm not going to throw it to you. I'm going to go the other way. Run what, the first, what? Run the first play of the game for <laughs> well, him. Bring that ball back over here. Don't drop that ball in here. We're going to have yeah. a problem. Run the first play of the game for him. Get him four or five, six touches in the first quarter. Get him five, six shots. Get him activated early. I think it'll make a difference.
and how he plays. He got also will make a difference how teams defend the. Yeah, Cowboys. no question. Yeah. They're going to have to. Re- they're going to have to put more assets on him if they realize that he's an option and they're going to go to him. See, he's like a third wheel on offense, and then they expect him to clean up everything on the defensive end. Clean up everything, block them shots, right, get us right. rebound, and I'll let the ball to me. I'll tell you though, That's after watching him, I was. So I was probably as, as frustrated as I had been all season about the Cavaliers on Friday night. Right. I was oh, super yeah. frustrated, and I was starting to ask myself, are we seeing, the, and I talked about this last week, my fear is we're starting to see little signs that we're going to go into this second-half dive like we did last year. Yeah. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. Mm-hmm. They're very average. They're losing the teams they should be. Now, granted, they did lose a tough one at Memphis to yeah. a good team. That's a tough team. But – after seeing him do what he did Saturday night, I was re-energized to say, if we get more of that in the second half of the season and he becomes a legitimate third option, this team has a very see, high ceiling. But see, the problem comes back, Mitchell was out. I know. Right? So there was oxygen to be had, and he took it. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Mike, um, I know you want to talk a little bit about the Guardians. I'll, I'll foretake my final take. How did that go, the guard fest? There's a story there, isn't there? Yeah, you know, Gar- Guards Fest was awesome. It was quite the event they put on. Well attended? Well, there was a yeah. ton of people Good. there. People there. Uh, Jason was boys. there as well. Nice. I myself went to try and get some interviews and do some fan stuff. My timing could not have been worse. It was not the <laughs> Guardians' fault whatsoever. I went in, got there in the media window, and they told us to get there. Saw Curtis. He showed me where to go. We just don't use the scrum interviews like, Channel Three would use or the other outlets do. So we want one on ones. Yes, and, and they were, you know, they were nice, but they're like, if we give you one, then everyone's gonna need one, and there's. 50. So they, there were no one on ones available. Well, it, in the time that I was there, it was like no. Tito was coming in. It was all the big guys, okay. and if you take any of those guys out, they all want them. So I'm like, all right. No, you know I'm with what? you. Scrum interviews don't do much for me. If you so can like, get right. a guy one on one, and you yeah. can. So I was like, all right, I'll pivot. I'll do a fan piece. I walk outside. It was between sessions. Literally, it was a dark room, except the only person in there was the guy they were escorting out because he wouldn't leave, and that's not the guy I wanted to talk to. <laughs> Wait, there's got to be a story there. They were escorting him out. Well, they, were, they were just like, he found him hiding in the bathroom for two hours. Later. Like, everyone's going on lunch break. You can't just sit here for, you have to so leave. So he wasn't stalking Jose Ramirez. No, 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 no. Okay. I did see Jose at the gym last week, though. That was, that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, he said like he was doing, doing he did two pull-ups, and pull-ups was like, I'm good, and just left. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> He's, it was awesome, You should have said, you and me, pull-up contest right now, big guy. Well, he... People walked in, and I, I think I said this last week. If, I'll, if you weren't here, I'll say it again. But I had my headphones in, but I turned off the music because I was like, that's Jose Ramirez. And he was talking to his guy, manager, friend, whatever, in English. And then someone asked her a picture. just goes, no, hablo inglés. And then the guy yeah, he's so super, super smart. Manny uh, was the same guy. Manny could speak English. He said, no, hablo inglés. Somebody said him somebody said he was some Spanish there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, hablo inglés. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was pretty smooth. He actually – he was left pretty much alone. He did. What he came in, did a couple. I of got no problem with that. Bug, no, and then left. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> and I will say though, and we're going to tell you guys about this a ton for the next couple of weeks. February eighth, we're doing our stand up at Pickwick and Frolic. We want you guys to come, not just to come hang out with us. All the money from the tickets is going to the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. So what not only is it going to be a fun night, Anthony and I are doing stand up. Poke's doing stand up. We're probably not going to be good. Poke will be great. But legitimately, it's going to a great cause, the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. Now, so, are we able to monitor how ticket sales are going or no? You know, I'm not, I, I know we've had people buy them. Um, I'm not quite sure what the um, deal with, like, seeing how many are sold or not. That's, that's Polk, and he works through Pickwick yeah. and Frolicton. So I'll, I'll check with him. But I wonder, I have is no it idea too yet. lofty an expectation to ask that we sell this place out? Oh, we're going to sell it out. 
We're going to sell it. Oh, out. you're confident? I'm confident we're going to sell it. Okay, out. good. All right. That's my only concern. You, listen, the UCSS fan base is the best. I have no they, doubt. Listen, in the I don't, world I'd never question they're our gonna fans. Pack this. They're incredible. Plus, it's a Mike Polk show. Who doesn't want to see Mike Polk? That's right. But right. I, I also, as much as I want to see Mike, and I've seen Mike before, and he's great, I. <laughs> I, 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 my anticipation of your show and Anthony's is, is greater than mine. <laughs> is this a, a circle of trust? Yes. <laughs> you, me, and the thousands. Uh, we love talking uh, hockey. I think I, I think I got some good stuff. I think I got some good <laughs> stuff getting cocky. He's burrow. So if I asked you how, how long is your window as a comedian, you would say as long as I'm doing this. Yeah, I, listen, I have I tested out two jokes this weekend on my friends Uh-oh, from back home. Oh, yeah. That's a bad sign. One of them. <laughs> Steve, did you just say the F word? <laughs> I just did you hold up. Did you? Whoa. <laughs> did he if drop can, the F bomb? I think he Anthony, I don't think I've I'm ever heard Steve drop the, the F bomb. Did, <laughs> did did you guys hear what I heard of? That Earl, heard the Earl, shake your head or give I us did. a thumbs up. Did he drop an F bomb? Did director Steve just drop an F bomb? <laughs> <laughs> Is he it said, I don't know what he said, but it, it, I thought I heard uh, a director. Listen, director Steve's going to be. <laughs> Clank. <laughs> that was a bad Jeez. shot. But, yeah, I'm getting awful. cocky. My one friend who doesn't laugh at anything, he thinks I'm kind of stupid, actually laughed at the joke. <laughs> the other one who laughs at everything laughs, so I'm like 101 on what I think. Do you want to try any material out here right now? Like, is no, there, oh, no, no, no. You better no, save no, it. Not, you better yeah, save listen, it. I don't have enough to waste anything beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> I got eight jokes in the last ten my minutes, and that's all I got. one legit laugh. <laughs> so, like, my level of being cocky is I think I, I think I will get one legit. I got some Browns jokes I'm throwing in there. I'm going to roast you guys. I got good. a story from home. Do you have fear of, of bombing? Like, yeah, uh, if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. No, because... Well, yeah, because I guess you're now cocky. I am. I, I, if, I'm, if I'm getting a little cocky, yeah, I am be worried if no one laughs. I will be worried if no one laughs. <laughs> Mike, I love how transparent you are. I really do. I, I, you have many, many terrific qualities, but my favorite is just how damn transparent you are. I'm cocky. Are you worried? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like, Never that, change. Like, I've done live hits. You know, we. I worked in TV, so I've done some pretty big events. Sure. That stuff I'm not nervous about. I am a little nervous that this is live be, cloud. Very different, yeah. and we have one minute left. So yeah, I'll just keep rambling because there's no time for final takes. Sorry, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and good. Earl, get ready because Earl's going to join us for overtime. By the way, Earl's going to hop out in that floor okay. chair with you guys for overtime. We're talking about overtime, Mike. What is our overtime his, topic? Uh, Let's tease that. We're doing a little Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow's talk. Is okay. Lamar Jackson worth the money, and if he's not, is Joe Burrow worth more guaranteed than Deshaun Watson? Okay, that's for our overtime segment, overtime and that segment. is for our coaches tier members: four ninety nine a month, sixty bucks a year. What you get is an extra 15 minutes of content every single day. It's always a hot and wild topic, and it always gets pretty hot. Uh, And that's a topic right there. I can see this thing going in all kinds of different directions, and Earl's going to join us. Uh, If you're watching us on the YouTube page, what do you click on? The join? Join button. 
click the join tab and um, it doesn't work on mobile by the way anyone asking why you can't find it use a laptop not your phone it doesn't oh. work on mobile oh okay oh, there you go that's there a youtube glitch not at us that's a youtube glitch i heard i heard that question all the time fix it youtube all right, all right we're done with our monday ultimate cleveland sports show overtime is coming up next for the members we'll see you tomorrow uh hopefully wednesday we'll have g and bull back in the fold If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.